Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Death, be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkst thou dost overthrow, die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. These opening lines from John Donne's beautiful and powerful poem perfectly capture the Christian's defiance in the face of death. And yet, we know from experience that life is characterized by one long funeral procession. Everyone's going to die, whether they think about it or not. No matter how hard they try to stop it, death is coming for everyone. So how can Dunn or any Christian be so defiant in the face of death? It is because, as we have set before us so powerfully in our Gospel reading, Christ is life, and he has the last word in the face of death and he promises that he will raise us up. To put it another way, Christ died that we may not fear death, and he rose again that we might hope to rise again. In our reading, we are confronted with two very different processions. On the one hand, we have the childless widow and her dead son. They are surrounded by a great crowd that is weeping and wailing. She's lost everything, and now she's walking towards the gate of the city, out to the burial site, that she may bury her only son. It's heartbreaking, and you can almost feel the weight of the sadness in this text on her and everyone around her. It's a procession of death and grief and weeping. Coming from the opposite direction, though, is a far different procession. This is a procession of life and joy. It's led by Jesus, and he too is followed by a great crowd. And these two processions collide. And Jesus transforms the procession of death and sadness and weeping into one of joy and life. But before we look at this collision, we need to step back and look at the problem the widow faced that we all face, death. The fact is, all sinners die. That's what they do. Sin is the cause of death. We don't know when, but we know that death is coming. In the very midst of life, the snares of death surround us. We are surrounded by the bitter pains of life, of death, as we just sang. So we daily cry, have mercy, O Lord. But no matter how prepared you think you are for it, death often comes when we least expect it. We can talk about it all we want, but we're still shocked when it actually does happen. Death comes when he wills, and there's not anything you can do to stop him. You're powerless in the face of death. That's a humbling thing, and it's perhaps even a humiliating thing. So the question is never, will I die? The question is, when will I die? And that's true for the youngest person in here right now to the oldest. Death can and does strike without warning. One of the most interesting things for me as a pastor that I've witnessed over the last six months is that so many people seem genuinely surprised that they're actually going to die, that they have to face up the reality of death. Edgar Allan Poe, who you probably know from the poem The Raven, has a very interesting short story called The Mask of the Red Death. In this short story, you have this ruler who 50% of his population has just been wiped out by a plague. And he decides that's a good time to have a party, a masquerade. And he thinks he'll be safe because he's rich and powerful and he's inside his castle. So he invites all his rich friends over and they're having this party. And then some 
everybody shows up at the masquerade ball that looks a little odd. It's dressed up like the Red Plague. Well, it is a Red Plague, and it sweeps throughout the castle, and the rich man and his friends die. The point, of course, being it doesn't matter how rich or powerful you think you are, it doesn't matter how many walls you hide behind in your castle, death is still coming for you, too. The Bible wants us to actually think about these things and consider that we are going to die. That's where that great phrase, memento mori, comes from. Remember, you must die. So in the Bible, we hear things like this. O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, and the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. We must remember, though, death is an enemy and a misfortune. You are not meant to die. The world views it as natural. Everyone probably in this room has heard that song, The Circle of Life, many times. And that's the way they view it. It's just a circle. You're born, and then you die, and it just repeats. But it's distressing and unnatural to have a body ripped from the land of the living, put into a coffin in a grave. It's completely unnatural to have the body and soul ripped asunder. It's heartbreaking and unnatural when families have to bury a loved one. Especially when that loved one seemed like they had so much time left on this earth. All the other ailments and injuries and sicknesses keep point to this one issue. Death. So we must never forget that death is the enemy. It's our foe. It is indeed unnatural. That's not how God originally created the world to be. But we see in our gospel reading that death has met its match. Jesus tells us on the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And we get to see that play out before our very eyes in our gospel reading. The procession of death and weeping and grief comes towards him. And Jesus, in a way that we cannot fully comprehend, he actually felt the full weight of her grief and suffering. As Isaiah prophesied, Surely has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He who suffered with us understands your suffering and your sorrows. So we have the author of life, the creator and sustainer of all things, confronting death. And it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved by his great love for this childless widow who had lost everything. So our Lord says to her, weep not. Not so much as a command, but as a promise. And then Jesus fulfills that promise. He touched the open coffin. Now doing so made him ceremonially unclean according to the Levitical law, but he did it quite deliberately to show that he makes the unclean clean and the dead alive. And then all he says is, young man, I say to you, arise. I mean, put yourself there. You have these two huge processions, you always weeping and wailing. Jesus says a single sentence, these shocking, powerful words, and the young man sits up, completely healed. And with these words, he shows us how powerless and insignificant death is. He proves who he is and that death must be overcome. It has no place in his kingdom. And compare, if you will, all the steps Elijah had to go through versus what Jesus does. Elijah, the prophet, is completely dependent upon God's power and answer to prayer. Jesus is God himself, so he just speaks the words. 
All he has to do is speak a word, and death is utterly helpless before him. He speaks, and death must give way to life. Now, all this is done in context, as I said, of his great compassion for her, his great love for her and us. I came across a fascinating quote recently, and the context for the quote is the author says, we can't really fathom things like politics and elections and wars going on forever. It doesn't make sense. But love can endure immortality. In fact, more than that, love needs immortality. And then my favorite part, he says, death is incompatible with love. And we see that right here in this instance with Christ, and we see it throughout the Bible, right? Christ is love, and death is incompatible with that love, and so he must conquer it. He must defeat it because his love endures forever. So you're blessed, because though you mourn here and now, because of death and its consequences, you are comforted here and for all eternity by the love of Christ. And so what does Paul pray? He prays for you that you may more and more and more come to understand the height and depth, the riches, how marvelous the love of God truly is towards you in Christ Jesus. We see here too that Jesus is the true sin slayer, the sin conqueror, that he is the death destroyer. Our Lord promises, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be your place. O grave, I will be your destruction. Paul takes that verse and he puts it a little differently. Paul says, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O Hades, where is your sting? And then Paul will say the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And because Jesus is the one who died and rose again, defeating sin and death, he can make, make and keep this promise. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Whereas the psalmist puts it in Psalm 68, Our God is a God of salvation. And to God the Lord belong deliverances from death. When sin is dealt with by the death of Christ and by his blood, there must be forgiveness of sins. And if there is forgiveness of sins, there must be life. And therefore, there's another procession coming for you, dear saints. This will be a truly beautiful and glorious procession. When Christ will bring together at once all who have ever died, he'll call them with a word from the earth, from dust, from ashes, from the watery places, from every place they are buried. He will lead a great company of believers that no one can number. He will transfer them all out of death, and all out of misery into eternal life with both body and soul forever. One church father put it quite beautifully. He put it this way. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. What is this trumpet, which declares war against hell, rolls back the stone tomb, the stone from the tomb, thunders forth life to the dead, and gives to all as they rise from their graves Victory amid light everlasting. What is it? It is that to which the Lord referred above. The dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. This is not the trumpet that from a horn of wood or brass gives forth a mournful bellow, calling to war, but the voice that comes from the heart of the Father, from the mouth of the Son, the call to life. And it's then at that moment that our Lord promises that every tear will be wiped away, and that you will praise and exalt him eternally. 
without ceasing, with eternal joy, praise, and glory. Now as we consider the widow and her dead son, and all that it means for us, we should believe and take comforts. We should take comfort from these things that even when we are faced with the peril of death and other dangers, so that even if you come to experience nothing but death and destruction, like this widow did, even if you, like her son, are stuck in the jaws of death in a coffin on the way to your grave, nevertheless you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that in Christ you have victory over death and that in Christ you have life. Because in Christ there is nothing but life which swallows up both your sin and your death. So that when you're confronted with the misery of sin and death, you'll find that he is full of comfort and life. We heard just a bit ago the opening of Dunn's poem. Let's now hear the very end of it. One short sleep past, we wake eternally. And death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. Death has been defeated in the death and resurrection of a risen Lord. It has no reason to be proud. But we can boast in the salvation of our Lord that includes the resurrection of our own bodies on the last day. On that day, death shall die. It'll be no more. It'll be destroyed. Life will reign for all eternity. And so we prayed, we sang this just this past Wednesday night. Teach me to live that I may dread the grave as little as my bed. Teach me to die that so I may rise glorious at the awful day. That is the day full of awe and wonder. So in the face of death, we always remember, Christ died that we may not fear to die. He rose that we might hope to rise again. Amen. The peace of God passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.